You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. lazy servant who did nothing he didn't know his master because if you really know him he's not a hard man he's gracious he's compassionate he's merciful he's more loving than anyone else you've ever had relationship with in your life he did not really know his master he had a fear of his master and he had never experienced what it means to know the love of God that's shed abroad in our heart When we hear the term slavery, it has a very negative connotation, and for good reason. But as a believer, you're to be a slave to Jesus Christ. The difference is, this form of slavery is voluntary, and it's not driven by fear, but by love. As Pastor Danny explains in today's message, as a dearly loved servant of God, your heart should be eager to serve His kingdom. Your good works, generosity, and righteousness will be motivated by gratitude, not fear of punishment. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Revelation, chapter 22, as he continues his message, Living in the Light of the Soon Coming of Jesus Christ. sounds like a contradiction for point number one, holiness, holiness. But it's more than a commitment to holiness. You can have a commitment to holiness and not be born again. You say, prove that from the scriptures. Saul of Tarsus, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, religious people sitting in a church service right now have a religious commitment and have never, ever been born again. They don't have a relationship with Jesus. They don't know Jesus because it's more than religious commitment. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 10 and he said, I confess my fellow Israelites, they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. They sought to establish their own righteousness. And they didn't submit to the righteousness that only comes from Jesus. Leave Matthew just for a moment. We're coming back. But John's gospel, chapter 3. John chapter 3, a man named Nicodemus, a religious leader, a religiously committed man, comes to Jesus at night. He comes at night because he doesn't want his his fellow peers to know that he's begun to believe that Jesus is who he claims to be. And he comes to Jesus and he opens the conversation by saying, we know you must be from God. Nobody can do the things you're doing unless they were sent from God. And Jesus, seemingly ignoring that kind of flattery, Even though it's true, he says to Nicodemus, verse 3, in reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. Nicodemus says, how can a man be born when he is old? Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb. And Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he's born of water and of the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh. 
But the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. It's more than religious commitment. It's more than belief in God. It's more than a desire to do good. You have to be born again. And if you've never been born again, you'll never see the kingdom of heaven. It's essential. And once you're really born again, no matter how young or how old you were when that happened, Romans chapter 8 verse 16 becomes a reality in your life where it says, The Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. You just know that you know that you know. Because he's come to live inside you. So how do I know I'm ready? I'm living a holy life. Yeah, but it's more than that. I make sure I've been born of the Spirit. I've been born again. By faith in Jesus Christ. Number three. Matthew 25, verse 14. Again, it'll be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one, he gave five talents of money. To another, two talents. To another, one talent. Each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with the two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I've gained five more. His master said, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come, share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I've I've gained two more. And his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. And then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew you're a hard man. Harvesting where you've not sown, gathering where you've not scattered seed. So I was afraid. And I went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more and will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And what do you know about this parable to help us understand? Number one, the wicked, lazy servant who did nothing, he didn't know his master. Because if you really know him, he's not a hard man. He's gracious. He's compassionate. He's merciful. He's more loving than any one else you've ever had relationship with in your life. He did not really know his master. He had a fear of his master and he had never experienced what it means to know the love of God that's shed abroad in our heart because perfect love casts out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. He feared God. He didn't know God. He had no relationship. What else do you note in this parable? 
They were given according to their ability. And they were only judged based on what they were given. I can't tell you how many times people have said to me, Pastor, if I had it, I'd give it. You're lying to yourself. How do I know that? Leave Matthew. Go with me to Luke's gospel. Chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. Verse 10. Jesus again. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you've not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you've not been trustworthy with someone else's property, God's, who will give you property of your own? No servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And notice the next verse. The Pharisees who loved money heard all this and were sneering at Jesus. They didn't like what he had to say. People that say I would give if I had more. It's a lie. He judged them according to what he had given them. And here's what I say without apology. What we do with our money has eternal consequences. I believe the tithe is to honor the Lord. I've tried to tithe. That means 10% of everything God's given me from the time I became a Christian when I was 19 years old. Why do I believe in the tithe? Because Abraham gave a tithe to Melchizedek and Melchizedek is Christ before the law. Because Jacob before the law gave a tenth to God. Because the eternality of the tithe, I believe, is seen in Hebrews chapter 7 verse 9, referring back to Abraham giving to Melchizedek the tithe. And it even says there that the descendants of Abraham gave, in a sense, to Melchizedek. And so to me, it's the eternal principle all throughout the scriptures. Proverbs 3 verse 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your increase. What's the first fruits? 2 Chronicles 31 5. says the Israelites gave a tenth of everything. And then the same verse, they gave the first fruits. The first fruits, the tithe. The tithe, the first fruits. And it's such a blessing to be able to do that. And you cannot outgive God. Second way to know, I'm ready to meet Jesus face to face. Am I taking of the monies that he's given me and entrusted to me? And some he's given little and some he's given much. But he only judges based on what he's given. Am I taking some of those monies? And am I investing them for kingdom purposes? And I believe the local church is the first and foremost place. I believe we tithe through the local church that we're a part of. But we don't tithe to the church. We tithe to the Lord through the church. Big difference. Big difference. To the Lord through the church. And you know what they tell me? You know what the Barna studies, the guy that does all these church studies says? That the generation coming up now... They're not givers like the Christian generation I come from. I don't say that in a proud or self-righteous way. I say that in a sad way. And listen, if you're a young person 
and you're starting out in a job and you're only making, you know, minimum wage, you're a Christian, give God a tenth of every paycheck you get. Honor the Lord with the first fruits of all your increase and make it a practice in your life and you will be blessed. And you will in turn be used by God to bless His church and to further His kingdom on earth. Imagine if every local church and every Christian and every local church honored the Lord with the first fruits. Every single thing we need financially would be provided for and we'd be looking for places to give the money. Am I investing with monies that God gives me? In the kingdom purposes. Holiness. Am I born again? Am I investing? For kingdom causes and kingdom purpose. Starting with the local church. And then number four. Matthew chapter 25. And verse 31. When the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him. He'll sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he'll separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He'll put the sheep on his right, goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, you invited me in. I needed clothes. You clothed me. I was sick. You looked after me. I was in prison. You came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply. I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he'll say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, you didn't invite me in. I needed clothes, you didn't clothe me. I was sick, in prison, you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? And he'll reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. I don't know if the name Brennan Manning needs any, means anything to you. He was a Catholic priest, also an author. And one of the things that I read in his book called The Signature of Jesus I put in my notes and I put them in those notes from those notes to these notes goes like this. Any spirituality that does not lead from a self-centered to another centered mode of existence is bankrupt. And after I put that in my notes, I thought of another parable that Jesus told, and we're not going to turn to it because most of us are familiar with it. It's found in Luke's gospel, chapter 10. It's called the parable of the good Samaritan. It goes something like this. Guy was going from Jericho to Jerusalem. He was robbed. He was beaten. And he was left on the side of the road. 
a priest came by and he went around the man and ignored the need. Where was the priest going? He was going to Jerusalem. He was going to the temple. He was going to worship and to serve. For us here this morning, could I make it a little more uh, personal? He was headed to church. And then a Levite came by. And he also went around and did nothing. Where was he going? He was going to church. They were both caught in a religious routine. I don't want to say it, but I'm going to say it. A few years ago, the church thing, the pastor thing, all the responsibilities, a big church, a big staff, got too much for me. Had a love affair with beer and wine. I broke up with her. She never did anything for me. I think I was preaching and teaching still okay. I was delivering the message each week. I was fulfilling responsibility to a degree. But I didn't want to meet with anybody. I didn't want to hear about your marriage problems. I didn't want to hear about any of your problems. There was all kind of ministry going on because God raised up ministries in the church I'd pastored for so many years. And they're going to care facilities, nursing homes, and we're going and doing out men of arms and we're doing all these other things, you know, but I was rarely involved because I was so busy and also I hit the wall and I got stuck in this routine of studying and putting a message together, coming and yelling at you (laughs) and going week after week after week. But not being with the people and not really being a minister for people. And then I had a revival. What a revival. It came out of nowhere. I didn't expect it. It was in Colorado and God met me in the middle of the night. And I'm still riding on that cloud of revival. I'm a fellowship junkie. I love people. And I like them. (laughs) And yesterday I got to do something that a few years ago, if they'd asked me to do it, I I would have declined. And some of the fellowship here, you brought gifts. And some of the people here, they put those gifts and put them in nice bags and nice Christmas decor and went to places like Magnolia care facility and they invited me to go I had another appointment at one got there early got away from the appointment early got to Magnolia care facility and they were calling out names and the place was full some of you were going and giving the gifts to these elderly people that had been for the most part forgotten even by their own family. I got in conversation with a few people. I met a guy. He's 101 years old. And he still got his mental faculties. I found out later he was at Pearl Harbor. Can't wait to go back and hear some Pearl Harbor stories. I met another lady. A grandmother of one of our own here. She just celebrated her 101st birthday. And I got to get up. And share the greatest message in all the world. I got to share Jesus. And guess what? Get this. As I shared the gospel story, they listened better 
than some of you. Listen. And you could see the sparkle in their eye. It's such a small gesture of just taking a bit of time out of a Saturday and going and ministering to some people in the name of Jesus. And here's what I rediscovered. Something I knew. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I've experienced it before. But it had been so few and far between during that period of time where I just got caught in a rut. You go to bless them and you get blessed more than you feel like you bless them. Are you caught in a spiritual, religious routine? Oh, you're faithful church attender and you know, you, and, you, and you do love the Lord. You do love the Lord. But, but if you really take a, a good, honest look in the mirror, you're just attending church and you're so busy with life and attending church and so busy with life and we're walking by people. We're walking by people. Maybe this week, God will put somebody in your path. And it could be something as simple as a cup of cold water. There was a day that a cup of cold water cost nothing. Now it'll cost you a buck or a buck and a half and a circle K. Go ahead and buy it. And just give them some water in the name of Jesus. Or it could go further than that. You know what the Good Samaritan did? The Good Samaritan, the most least likely person stopped. This guy's beaten and he's robbed. He's on the side of the road. The priest goes by. The Levite goes by. But the Samaritan, he comes... He bandages the guy's wounds. He puts him on his own donkey. He takes him to the closest hotel. He goes in, gets him a room, pays for it. And he says, I got to go, but I'm coming back this way. And anything else that he needs, I'll cover the expenses when I come back through. And for some of us, we could do something just like that. Somebody on your path in life, and you have the means to meet them where they are. And meet their need. Do it. For Jesus' sake. Because when we minister to them, we're really ministering to Jesus. Am I living a holy life? Every day, God, lead me. God, I want my life to count for you. I want to glorify you this day. Am I born again? Do I have the witness of the Spirit? Have I really received Jesus and the Spirit has renewed my life and made me a new creation in Christ Jesus? Am I taking of the monies that God gives me, however small the paycheck, however large the paycheck, and if it's larger, give more? Because we'll be judged based on what he gave us, not on what we give, on what he gave us. Am I investing in kingdom purposes starting, I believe, with the local church? And are we ministering to needy people Because in doing so, we're ministering to Jesus. And I'll say one last note on that. We can do that individually, personally, in our path of life as God opens the door. And then the next time you see in the bulletin an opportunity for us as a church to represent Christ and go somewhere and do something in the name of the Lord. Give up a golf game every now and then. Give up a fishing trip every now and then. Give up your regular routine and what you're so used to doing. And say, you know what? I'm going to go. Because some of us have been attending the church for years and years and years. And you look at the bulletin and you never do anything.
As you continue to study the book of Revelation, you'll see destruction and death, but also the incredible future that awaits you if you're a follower of Jesus. The pictures painted of the throne room of heaven are inspiring and exciting, and you will one day get to stand where John stood. You'll meet the Lamb of God, who took away your sins. You'll rejoice with the angels and spend eternity getting to know your Creator as He always intended, in perfect love. This is something to cling to as you move through the difficulties of life. Knowing that you have a new home waiting in heaven can also be the catalyst to move you to share the good news of grace with others. They can also have a chance to live eternally with Jesus, and they might just be waiting for someone to introduce them. We hope today's message on the Living Word has been a blessing to you, and we'd like to tell you how you can access more teachings from Pastor Danny. All you need to do is visit our website, ccfstpete.church. Click on Sermons to be directed to our YouTube channel. And don't forget to subscribe. That way, you'll never miss a new edition of The Living Word. Are you listening in the St. Petersburg area right now? If so, we have a special invitation for you. Pastor Danny and all of us at Calvary Chapel Fellowship would love to have you join us for our weekend services. Find out more and get directions at ccfstpete.church. Once more, that website is ccfstpete.church. Thanks for tuning in today, and we hope you'll join us again right here on The Living Word.